Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T-minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. And welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I'm your co-host, Ryan Treasure. And we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Steve Ball is a professor of exercise physiology and state fitness specialist with the University of Missouri. He received his undergraduate and master's degrees from MU and his PhD in exercise and wellness from Arizona State University. He is well known for developing physical activity programs for youth such as Jump Into Action and My Activity Pyramid for Kids which has received national and international attention. In addition, Dr. Ball has developed his own video series, Fitness and Wellness for a Lifetime. He has been a frequent guest on TV and radio programs, including the nationally syndicated Radio Health Journal, and has been quoted in major outlets, including the USA Today, Wall Street Journal, in U.S. News and the World Report. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Dr. Stephen Ball. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, Pleasure. doctor. So how's, how are things going? Uh, are you in Missouri? I'm in Missouri. I think the wind chill this morning was uh, minus 30-ish. They actually canceled classes here at MU today, so it was a little slow. That's literally like stinging cold, isn't it? It hurts. It hurts the face. Yeah. I was doing a, a a host training with a new host earlier today, and she was in Pennsylvania, and she's just telling me the same thing. It's like thirty below, and I think it nailed with snow back east. Oh yeah, it's 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 a what they call it a polar vortex. Yeah, <laughs> it's I've like got to admit, guys. I mean, I I promote physical activity, and I typically park. Uh, quite a ways away from my office yeah. and walk in, but today I'm not going to lie, I parked right out front. <laughs> I don't not blame today, you. right? That's right. kind of like what we do in Phoenix in the summertime. You know, it's 115 degrees, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just park in the front where I can get to the air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we get the we get the reverse over here. It's 120 degrees, so park closer to get in for the AC, <laughs> right? As opposed to the reverse. Okay, Dr. Ball, let's uh, let's jump into it. Finding your frequency, of course, is all about uh, the why and the how, the journey. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background uh, and how you got into the health uh, uh, field. Yeah, sure. I actually uh, was an athlete growing up, and I played you know, basketball and baseball and ran track and did all those things. And uh, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to play baseball at the University of Missouri and uh, of course, during those years, I thought, gosh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And uh, that didn't work out. But I, I grew to love um, exercise and performance and physical activity. And did you get uh, injured 
Oh, that's probably how I got into did, it. Did you get injured in, in baseball or, or did you um, just end your baseball career just ending in college or? I, I, I did get hurt a couple times. I don't want to go into the details, but I, I ran into a wall at Indiana State oh. and broke my face, believe Ouch. it or not. That had nothing to do with me uh, continuing on. I just uh, <laughs> didn't have the talents that a lot of these guys have. Not yeah, Jeff base. and I are big baseball fans. So. Yeah, well, I'm much like myself. You know, I was uh, – I was on target to, you know, do something special. I was a, I was a pitcher, and I could throw the ball like Roger Clemens. You know, I was a, I had decent heat, but I could put the ball anywhere I wanted. And then, you know, had some issues, and there goes anything further. So, <laughs> yeah, much like sure. yourself, I'd rather not talk about it. But <laughs> it still hurts. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that that's probably how I got into it, and then. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, when I graduated, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I liked uh, exercise and physical fitness and performance. And I'd taken an exercise physiology class and I said, hey, this is pretty cool. And I decided to uh, go ahead and get my master's degree in exercise physiology and uh, did that. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. I was lucky enough to land a teaching position at, at Ball State. Uh, over there in Muncie, Indiana, and uh, that's kind of when I realized I wanted to go into academia, and I was fortunate enough uh, to get into Arizona State. And so I'm forks up. I'm with the weather out there, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. That's what when we were doing the intro, and he was, uh, mentioned Arizona State, and they gave you the little forks up because I'm a big ASU <laughs> fan. Uh, really happy about their basketball team right now. <laughs> well, for yeah. sure, yeah. Wow, that's cool. So you did get to spend a little bit of time here in Phoenix, and uh, you, you've uh, firsthand witnessed the 115. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about uh, you guys out there because the Phoenix Open, I think it's the Waste Management Open golf tournaments this weekend yeah. out there, and I yeah. was I was listening to Sirius XM PGA Radio yesterday. I was driving uh, across the state of Missouri, and Freddie Couples was talking about that tournament, and um, – he was asking viewers to call in about interesting stories that had happened out of that tournament. And it, as you know, it's pretty, pretty wild tournament, but could I share with you one little story that happened? Oh, please oh, do. Of course, please. So this <laughs> we like stories. It's probably had to be 2000 ish. And back then that tournament wasn't quite as crazy as it is now. Right. But so 16 is the par three where they've got all the grandstands around. Yep. 17 yeah. is the is the drivable par four out there and i was standing on the rope on 17 and john daly came over and uh, he was <laughs> it was on friday and he wasn't going to make the cut he used okay, to guys? he used to he's do a show over. with us here john daly did yeah nice. he's, he's gonna make the cut and there's probably a hundred <laughs> people standing there now there's a lot more these days but there's probably about a hundred people standing there and he's waiting on 17t for the green to clear and he, uh, somebody behind me uh, kind of gave him a little grief because he had these really orange, funky Oakley sunglasses on. Mm -hmm. They Oakley sunglasses just kind of came into to fashion. Today, they would just look really cool, but back then, uh, they looked a little odd. Somebody made a snickered at his sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And so um, the green cleared, and his playing partner hit, and Daly turned to the crowd and said, who likes my sunglasses and of course the guy that commented didn't say anything he was kind of you know putting his head down and john daly says seriously who likes my sunglasses and so the guy kind of sheepishly raises his hand daly reaches into his golf bag 
throws him a brand new pair of Oakley's, takes a cigarette, throws it down, and drives the green. The crowd just went crazy. <laughs> and that's my memory of the Phoenix Open, and, I, it, and it's going on this week. So I always tell that story this week to my yeah, buddies. That's a great memory to have, absolutely. Yeah, that guy's uh, uh, a funny guy. I remember running his radio show when he had that golf show here with mm-hmm. us. And uh, he is one interesting gentleman and uh, definitely a fun guy. He'd probably be one of those guys you want to go have a beer with for sure and hang out absolutely. a little bit of happy hour. <laughs> absolutely. For sure. So, Dr. Ball, tell us about uh, – the physical physical activity programs. Uh, you work with a lot of kids. Is all of your programs for kids? No, they're not. Uh, we actually have a. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about a program we have for older adults here in a second. But um, we we have been fairly successful here in Missouri working with kids. We had a program called Jump into Action. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my colleagues, Co- Ann Cohen, and I started that program many years ago. But basically. Uh, It was an obesity diabetes prevention program for fifth graders. Um, It was, we reached 50,000 kids in Missouri. We were able to give pedometers, a lot of pedometers, step counters to kids. And we we went all over the state and trained really teachers on how to get kids up and moving and how to to eat uh, healthier foods. And so that's one that's been successful. That that program kind of morphed into a program called um, active and healthy schools. And actually one of my mentors from Arizona State, Bob Pangrazy, uh, Dr. Pangrazy uh, helped start that program. Uh, he was a consultant here for us in Missouri. And it, it basically helps change the culture and environment of a school uh, so that, that kids appreciate physical activity and, and nutrition, healthy behavior. So when you go into any school, right? What's, if you think about it, like if you go into an elementary school, what's one thing that you would see when I ask my, my undergraduates here on campus what they comes to mind when they think of an elementary school, and the, the viewers out there might be thinking of this too, you know, you think of a cafeteria, you probably think of a library, you think of books, you think of computers, you think of pens and papers, and you might think of things on the wall about art, right, and art projects and, and history and reading or and writing and all those things tell our little youngsters that academics are important right and so how much of a culture of a school and environment of school also tells those kids that we appreciate physical activity and we appreciate healthy eating so the idea behind the active and healthy schools program is to change the environment a little bit so one of the things that we do is we put signs up about activity every sign that goes out to the activity zone not the playground we call it the activity zone says activity zone so kids know hey that's where i'm supposed to be active right that's my uh, we change we change what's happening on the playground we start to zone the, the activity zone so instead of just letting kids go out there and go crazy right and the strong kids dominate the weak kids and the athletic kids grab all the best equipment in areas and more kids have more opportunity to be active in a more supervised or structured playground so oh, that's, that's awesome. another program in missouri we've been able to, to implement um, with some success, but, um, you know, we also do programs for older adults too. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know if this is the same way for you guys, but, um, 
the physical fitness in schools was, you know, much more prominent, right? When I was growing up, I used to, um, I used to love to try to go get what was called the presidential physical fitness award. And you would get like the sticker and a seal and, and a little certificate yeah. and all that. And, you know, it'd be like, you, know, you had to go run a mile in a certain amount of time and yeah. do push ups. It was literally like your, your, uh, the physical training test that you had to pass in the military, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you have to, you know, meet these physical standards, you know, on a yearly basis and, and, and do all those exercises. Do they, do they still have those types of programs uh, in, in schools? Yeah, I mean, the- we've really we've used this fitness model, pre-test, post-test fitness model for many, many years in physical education, and it's a little bit controversial. Um, it really hasn't done much to improve the fitness of kids or the health of kids, and we've got more obese kids than we've ever had, and we yeah. waste about a sixth of our curriculum doing fitness testing. Think about uh, think about the Ryan. Think about the uh, the mild test that you just mentioned right um what type of kid finishes last if you had to describe that kid what kind of kid would finish last in the mile run he's a heavy set you know sluggish (laughs) right yeah right they finish last so what are the other kids saying when the heavy set kid finishes and doesn't finish or walks the last quarter mile Hurry up, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. I don't man. know. It so depends. If the, if the heavy kid's Jeff, he's probably going to get done, finish yeah. laughing, and beat you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hurry up, man. Let's finish yeah. so we can play something Come fun. On, and and right. do you think that, that breeds a love of physical activity right. for that no. type of kid? And that's the kid no. we want to we reach. So the, the fitness testing stuff, um, there's a lot of problems with it. I, I would also say we tell kids – we tell kids, hey, if you work, if you work hard, you can be fit and you can be good at physical activity. And that's not necessarily the case. Genetics plays right. a role in fitness. And if you yeah. look at young kids, especially, uh, their fitness is not very changeable. They don't have the physiology to improve a lot in cardiovascular fitness. So we go out and we, we as PE teachers, right? We go out and we say, hey, we're going to do this fitness test at the beginning in the fall of the year. We go do all these fitness tests, then you join Ball's physical education program and you do what I say at the end of the year, look how much you improved in fitness. It really had nothing to do with the physical education program. It simply had to do kids learn how to take the test and they got better at them. They got more, they got <laughs> taller or stronger, right? Right. And so it's kind of like it's kind of like a music teacher, right, would never say, um, through practice, you're gonna be a great musician. Or an art teacher, hey, through practice, you're going to be a great artist. Genetics plays a role, unfortunately. Yeah, especially with art, you know, like it's not something you you can't, you know, you can't really practice your way to becoming a good artist. You either are a good artist and you can draw or you're not, you know, like that's why I'm not an artist because I make stick figures look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the fitness testing, yeah, we still do it. There's a place for it. Um, But you know, I, that's, that's a product or an outcome that not all kids can reach. And it, it tends to favor the already fit kids and the athletic kids. What kind of advice would you give to, you know, like a parent, you know, and I, I Jeff knows this. I always internalize everything because yes, I, I have a family. And so I'm always like, all right, well, as a parent, you know, what are some tips you can you maybe give out there to a parent to help, you know, at home 
get their kid involved in physical education besides, you know, what I think a lot of parents nowadays is they expect like the school to do all the work for the parent and they don't really put in as much effort at home, you know? So what right. are some things that a parent can do to get their kid active and excited about it? I should set the table. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And one of the things that parents should realize is most activity, kids get most of their activity outside of school. Right. Believe it or not. Kids I get most of activity. So that's a key that's a key component, a key time of the day when they're with their parents or they're at home that we need to focus on. And yeah, it's just it's become too easy to put a, a video game or a computer or a whatever it might be in their hands and that keeps them keeps them occupied. But most, you know, it is unfair to probably say that that kids are inactive because lots of kids get lots of activity, but there's a segment that don't get enough. And so we've got to provide opportunities for them to be active in school, obviously, right? That's kind of where we focus some of our efforts here in Missouri. But parents need to provide that opportunity for kids to be active. And the good thing about kids is if you provide the atmosphere and environment, they tend, they're just naturally inherently active. They'll move around. So, you know, they need, they need multiple opportunities to be active. And if you look at the new physical activity guidelines, it really hasn't changed a lot. For kids six to seventeen years old, they you know the minimum right sixty minutes a day. But I always say what we've always said is up to several hours a day is really what they need. Yeah, that was yeah, you yeah, answered you answered my next question. I was going to ask if there was like an amount of time that was you know acceptable for that. Activity. I got to say, you know, when I was in school, I don't recall uh, any kind of testing or in PE, you know. It was okay. We got together. It was dodgeball. It was basketball. It was, you know, climbing the rope. I mean, there was some testing, but I don't know. It just seems like an open, active class where everybody would get involved and play a sport or do something that mm -hmm. was activity. You know, PE, I loved PE because it was the easy class and. I was an athletic kid and just loved sp all sports, so yeah. that was the easy class for me. Yeah, but I don't remember Teddy testing. That was always my easy A was was PE. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> all day long. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's always differences among schools, um, but typically the model has been we do fitness testing and we also do skill testing. And so you might remember, you guys might think about like how many layups could you make. How many, you know, could you kick a soccer ball? Could you uh, serve yeah, a tennis ball? Yeah, we did ball? all that. You know, we teach skills. If you think about what types of kids are going to excel at those activities, it's the athletic kids. Yeah. So we've, we've pushed away kind of the overweight kids uh, for several reasons. But if you're not skilled, if you're not athletic, you don't do good in those tests. And so we're telling kids, you're not good at activity. <laughs> right. Not Everybody true. wants true. to do something they're good at. Yep. That's why a lot of kids don't I mean you you know, yeah. as a pitcher, you were athletic. You probably love PE because you did well in it, right? Right, of course. Yeah, but I, I totally see where you're coming from because it's kinda like 
you know, activities doesn't necessarily mean like how good you are at a given sport. So it's like just because Johnny can make, you know, layups and dunk the basketball because he's got mad hops or whatever it is, doesn't mean you want to discourage, you know, uh, the other kid, Joe, who couldn't make a basket to save his life, but he likes to play freeze tag, right? Or or something like that, because that's active. And he can play drums like Tommy Lee, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so I mean... I'm all for physical education. We need to, you know, spend more time there. We need to uh, educate probably our teachers a little bit better, but that's just one component, one time slot of the day. And even in a very well-structured and uh, PE lesson and a skilled teacher, kids are getting very little activity. Just, it's just the way it is. We need to provide many opportunities. So we work with classroom teachers on how to get kids up and moving during the day. We need to improve what's happening on the playground. We need to get stuff before school, after school. We need to work with the parents. Um, that's how we can start to make a difference. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I totally feel that too. My kid sits a lot at school and, um, I sit a lot here at the office. And so I actually had asked Jeff last year to, I, I have a stand up desk. So my desk Amen. raises so I can stand up and work. And yeah. I can tell you what, uh, standing up and working, um, not only, uh, is it better on my posture? I feel like I am more productive, right? I can work faster, smoother, quicker by standing rather than sitting for whatever reason, even though I'm just working on a computer, but, um, uh, man, it's been, it's been awesome. That's meant, that's uh, interesting you say that because if you could see what I'm looking at here, I have a treadmill desk. Oh, and, uh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, and the thing is, guys, it, it it's it's not exercise, but you're not sitting. And we actually we have a researcher here, Jaime Padilla, who studies really sitting and how bad that is for you. And um, just getting up and moving a few times throughout the day can really help what's going on sitting has been termed the new smoking and there's lots of new research on you double bad if you sit and smoke yeah Yeah. right if you uh say you go out and exercise in the morning and you do a 30 minute walk a lot of those metabolic cardiovascular benefits will be negated if you sit the rest of the day so that's one kind of take-home message for your audience then get up and just yeah you might not have a standing desk or a treadmill desk but get up and stand a little bit just standing versus sitting has a big impact on health yeah so i walk by ryan's office and he's standing all day long i'm like wow how did you do that but he looks so comfortable (laughs) he looks so you know at ease behind that computer standing you get you do get used to it um my feet yeah. hurt for pretty good for the first like week or two when I first started standing yeah. when I first got the desk and I didn't read the directions. I'm you know <laughs> I didn't you know and the directions I finally read them a couple weeks later and it literally is like if you have, if you're transitioning from sitting to standing, don't try to stand all day every day in the beginning because you'll hurt your feet. And I did exactly that, but yeah. I just I powered through it. Oh yeah. And now my feet now I can stand all day long and my feet don't hurt. It's like being in the military again. That's pretty good. <laughs> I need to do sure. more of that. Uh, yeah, I do a lot yeah. of sitting, and what 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 the sitting is the new smoking. I mean, what what are some of the problems people are experiencing now with too much sitting? Well, I mean, it's all these uh, same type of metabolic complications you see with just general inactivity. Um, you know, higher risk of cardiovascular disease, stroke, blood pressure, diabetes, all those uh, things are affected from from inactivity. I was going to ask you guys while we're talking about this, do you guys have um, out at Arizona State 
possibly been on campus lately, are they using those bird scooters or uh, uh, you know the electric scooters a lot? (laughs) Oh, they are everywhere. All right, so let me let me let me set the tone for you. You've been to ASU. You know where the chuck box is, right? Right. Remind me. Right. It's, uh, um, it's right on. It's right on college and university. Uh, okay. Right. And the Chuck box has been there for like 70 years. It's the best, okay. best hamburgers on planet I Earth. Right? The name. Wood, I they, remember yeah, the name. Mesquite wood fired all that. Right. So my wife and I go there for lunch the other day and right on the corner, there's like 12 bird scooters just toppled over like you can't walk. And then I'm looking. And so it's like a problem on campus with the bird scooters. They're literally all over the place. They have, you know, ASU staff that has a truck that picks them up. People leave them in the middle of the road. I mean, it's insane. Uh, However, I'm very happy that they have those bird scooters there because one of our audio engineers, uh, he rides public transportation in in the morning so he doesn't have to wait for the rest of the bus. He birds it from from the light rail station. And they're all over the city. They're They're not just uh, by campus. They're all over. You guys have that problem with us uh, over at Missouri? Well, they just started here this last fall. And um, as a physical activity promoter, right, (laughs) Uh, I don't want to see people using overly using those, but I had I had several students this semester that got hurt on the scooters. Uh, well, yeah, and prior I, to they had the bikes. The bikes were everywhere. Yeah, the, there was and the then bikes, replaced and then they them replaced with the scooters. With, right? Yeah, they're oh here we're gonna give you something you can rent and then yeah. exercise, and then now we're gonna just have you ride. Yeah, and I. <laughs> You know, and I think for you too, because it's kind of new for your uh, your university. You can you know let them know that you heard some feedback from ASU that they're literally a, like a littering problem all over the <laughs> campus, um, and oh, it is a, it's a safety problem. Hundred percent. Good to know. I was just curious. So yeah, I mean, if you look at these new guidelines, one of the things these physical activity guidelines, I think one of the take home messages we used to tell people thirty years ago. Like you had to go out and run for 30 minutes nonstop or you didn't get any benefit. And then we, we kind of softened it a little bit and through evidence and, and research, we came to the conclusion, you know, it didn't have to be continuous and it necessarily didn't have to be vigorous to get benefits. But we used to say it really needed to be in 10 minute ink bouts. You had to go out and do something for 10 minutes. These new guidelines are pretty clear. I say this all the time. Some is better than none. Sure. Of course, more Absolutely. is better than some. Too much is tough to get. But two, can you give me two minutes? <laughs> right. Two minutes is better than zero, sure. you know, and then get three minutes here and one minute there. Try to start doing things the active way versus the sedentary way. And these bird scooters would be the uh, sedentary way of, of transportation. Yeah, my, my, my fitness watch tells me that I am currently at 61 minutes of activity for today. All right. So, You're I doing got, good. How many steps you got today? Oh, like yeah. 9,000 9, so 9, far. I got, You're doing good. I got more to go though. I usually I average about maybe twelve or fifteen, but uh, okay. I'm gonna go get some more today because uh, my my it's 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 Wednesday and today's dog day. I do about twelve fifteen steps. <laughs> <laughs> Not thousand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, you do more than that. It's like it's like more than fifteen steps <laughs> no, just to get I'm into the office. I'm obviously kidding, but you know. <laughs> hey, no, that's funny you say that. Because my brother, oh gosh, it's probably 10 years ago, I, I mentioned jump in action in the pedometers for the fifth graders. Well, I gave my brother a pedometer and um, he wore it and he said, um, I got 55 steps. <laughs> 55. He's like, I was like, what? I said, yeah. I mean, was he I proud? Got up, he was excited about it. Coffee. 
<laughs> I sat back down, went to the bathroom. I got 55 steps. <laughs> I'm like, that's impossible. Anyway, maybe it was broken. But I, I 12 take, is pretty low. I take it and put it on the kid for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Strap hey, it. Hey, take, put the strap it to the dog. Come back and give it to me. Give it to the dog. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting, though. Um, so those guidelines you were talking about, you know, for uh, for the kids, you know, which was like a – what an hour a day up, you know, and you would say several hours, several hours is obviously hard to do. Kids get busy, homework. My kid has an hour of homework a day. And she's in wow. kinder, she's I in had kindergarten. S- several hours to do some activity, you know, after school mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, homework came at seven at night, seven o'clock after dinner. Okay. It's homework time. And, oh, but I had from three to I must, six. To I must be like a really mean dad. Do I don't even let my kid eat dinner until she finishes her homework. Oh yeah. You want me. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would never not feed her dinner, but it's a very good tool. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood <laughs> where we were surrounded. It was kids within a six-year uh, age range, and there was probably 25, 30 kids in my neighborhood. So we used to have full baseball games, football games, manhunt at night, kick the can, all that good stuff. We were active kids, and we were okay. all over the the neighborhood, the plat. I mean, Parent, it was just great. Parents don't let their kids do that anymore. Like we, when we grew up, I mean, I used to literally the same way, you know, yeah. run the neighborhood. I could ride my bike like five miles away from the house, and you know, my mom didn't care. <laughs> I'm not that she didn't care. I'm sure she did, but you know, like I in my head, I, I, even when I was five, six, and seven years old, like how old my daughter is, I would play out in the front yard. I would sure. walk, you know, around the block and all that kind of stuff. I would not dare let my kid outside by herself. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't do it here. Obviously, I've had kids, and you know, my kids are grown now. Right. But, uh, you know, it, we're in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a little bit different than Smithfield, Rhode Island. So, you know, it was safe. It was comfortable. The doors open back then. And, it was all cool there, but now with the yeah. things that go on, especially in Phoenix, you know you got to be a watchful of so, the little ones. Doctor Ball, I'm coming to um, I'm coming to Missouri in June. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so what should I expect when I come there in June? Is it uh, like is it muggy? It'll start to get a little humid in June. June's usually not terrible. July and August are right, two then. really hot Good, then months, I'm, I'm, I'm making it in. in Arizona, you'll, you will, you'll be fine. So, uh, where, so what kind of activity program are you going to put Ryan on? Let's do, let's bring your golf clubs. I'll take you. We'll go play some golf. <laughs> there you go. All right. I don't have golf clubs, so we'll rent some. Okay. So okay. we talked about I drive the a, kids. I drive a mean golf cart. <laughs> yes, you, you do, could, by the way. You could do our, uh, we have a program I'd like to give a little plug for called Stay Strong, Stay Healthy. It's a strength training program for older adults. Stay strong, stay healthy. It's been around in Missouri for uh, more than a decade. We were now delivering it um, in Kansas. Is there there a website for that? uh, There is. There is. I don't. I can send you the the link after this. Okay. Yeah, Uh, I'll put it in the description so we can promote it too. Yeah, it's delivered through MU Extension. And so Extension is the outreach part of the university, a land grant university. So we have specialists all over the state that recruit seniors to teach, they teach strength, strength and they're lifting weights. We've had uh, ladies in there, uh, upper nineties in there pumping iron. And, nice. and so nice. it, it's a, it's a cool program. We're really proud of it. Um, we've reached, I think over 7,000 participants in Missouri, but it's also in, 
It's in Nevada. It's in, we went and trained some people in Tennessee recently. We're in North Carolina and, and Kansas. And so nice. uh, Excellent. It's, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. And, and, you know, we've got this aging population and really what the program is, it's a falls reduction program. So our participants increase strength, they increase balance, they increase flexibility, they decrease their risk of fear of falling is a big thing in older adults, sure. right? If you're afraid of falling, you're not going to move around. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right? So just giving uh, them the confidence, it increases muscle mass, it increases bone density. Um, so Everybody that, that's that. another program yeah. through MU Extension that we're proud to deliver. Excellent. Oh, that's great, man. But I, like, Ryan, I can put you through that one. You can lift with my... Stay strong, participants. Yeah, the 90-year-old lady probably outlift me. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe. You I'm strong you, some of these. Yeah, I'm are. sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fit, I guess. Healthy, skinny fat. I, I, I consider <laughs> you pretty healthy. I mean, you're all over the place. Uh, I've seen you, you know, move the entire production studio and, <laughs> you know, you're doing it without breaking a sweat. So. Hey, I got to keep up with the five-year-old, man. Mm. I, I coached the soccer team for the kids, too, on the weekend. And uh, let me tell you, that two hours on Saturday morning, I get as much exercise, if not more, than those kids do, chasing them all around. Then you would be surprised. You're like, you're like a kid. You would be surprised how hard <laughs> it is to teach five-year-olds to keep a soccer ball inbounds. That's it. That's I don't know. All I, I, want I, you I to don't do. have the. I would not have the patience <laughs> for that. <laughs> I tried to do tall orange cones this last time instead of the little soccer cones. Yeah. I put big cones, like like <laughs> traffic so cones. It them. still didn't work. <laughs> but it was good. Dr. Ball, thank you so much for being yeah. on, man. We uh, we really yeah. appreciate you taking time out and all this cool stuff that, you, that you've been working on, jump into action, uh, the activity pyramid for kids, and, of course, the uh, adult stuff with stay strong, stay healthy, all good stuff. And uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing. And if you guys are listening to the radio show, if you're listening to it as a podcast, stand up. Get up, stand up, right? Shake it out, move a little bit, get out there, go play some ball, throw a ball, kick a ball, whatever it is, but uh, do some activity, right? Do a couple jumping jacks. That's the Missouri move, by the way. The Missouri nice. move. The Missouri move. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Dr. Thank Ball, you. it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll have you on again sometime in the future to see what you put together uh, then. Uh, you guys check us out all over social media. You can check out the website at findingfrequency.net. And of course, at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2 on Twitter, and then on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash finding a frequency. And we'll be back next week right here on Voice America's Finding Your Frequency. 